Welcome to another episode of The Shredder Show, and today we're going to be discussing with you the best science-based plan to get six-pack abs. So there's a lot of common misconceptions when it comes to creating an awesome midsection, and there's a huge amount of mistakes I see people make on a daily basis, and we're going to run through those mistakes today to try and help you get better results and have less BS and less wasted time. Because I'm really, really big in terms of ROI in terms of your time in the gym and getting maximal results for what you do and having a very efficient process with everything in life because there's no point of doing something for the sake of it um, and that's my biggest thing is that I don't like doing anything that doesn't need to be done to then get the end result so what we're going to do today is go through the three worst dieting mistakes you need to avoid in terms of getting six-pack abs so first thing number one what we're going to look at is that people tend to try this is something I see with clients actually and people when they come to us in general people on my Instagram Q&A stories ask this a lot as well, is they try and lose body fat too aggressively at the start. Now, when it comes to maximizing fat loss, you need to supply your body with enough energy and enough nutrients to do so. And this is something that seems very counterintuitive, in particular for people if you are starting a fat loss and transformation journey and you're in the position where, for example, you've never trained or exercised before, your energy demand is going to completely change. So for example, you're going to then try and lose body fat and you're going to start to exercise for the first time and you're also going to massively deplete the amount of food you're eating. That may well cause some problems when you think about it logically. So that's one of the most common mistakes we, we see. And something you want to think about as well with nutrition from a calorie output and input point of view, so in food you're eating and how much cardio you're doing, is the fact that like, you can't throw the kitchen sink at everything from the beginning. So what you want to do is use an incremental process to then get results. And that's really, really the key. Because if you use all the weapons in your arsenal at the beginning, what do you do in three, four weeks' time Which when the progress slows? So I've just got a study in front of me. I'm just going to get up. So it's a 2011 paper which illustrates the direct difference between people doing calorie deficit trying to do a fast diet and a calorie deficit trying to do a slow diet. So on the fast diet, they try and do a 30% calorie deficit, 30% more. So an extra 300 calories a day, they're trying to cut out in terms of nutrition. And then on, so that's the fast diet. So they're doing both of the, this is over 40 days. So this is really, really interesting. So hold on. So for the fast diet, they're cutting the calories by 30%. So 300 calories less than the other diet. And what happens over 40 days, their body weight percentage drops five and a half percent. Now with someone doing a slow diet, a slow diet in this study uh, back in 2011, what happens over 60 days? So it's a little bit longer. Their calorie deficit is only 19%. Do you know what happens? The body weight reduction is exactly the same, 5.5%. So like a lot of people shoot themselves in the foot and try and be really aggressive and too hard. And what happens is this actually like bites them in the ass big time because what happens is your metabolism turns starts to downregulate itself. Now, what we're going to go into, which is even more interesting, is talking about muscle gain and this fast and slow diet approach. So the goal isn't, like, I don't give a shit what anyone weighs. And I, it doesn't matter at all. And people ask about, well, mm, what's your body fat percentage? I don't know. It doesn't matter. And the weight doesn't necessarily really matter. What we're trying to do is create a visual appearance and also a, uh, a physical feel in terms of how you feel on a daily basis. So taking it back to the fast diet and the slow diet again, where at 40 days and 60 days, they both have the same amount of uh, fat loss. Not sorry, not fat loss, weight loss, quote unquote. What happens again? So we're going to compare these two. So the first the fast diet, people trying to like cut weight quick. We're in a thirty percent calorie deficit instead of a nineteen percent. Over forty days, in terms of muscle loss, 
they lost 1% of muscle loss. But in terms of fat loss, they lost 21%. Uh, this is obviously of overall weight. And then we're going into the slow diet. So the slow diet is a 19% calorie deficit for 60 days. What do you think happened with them? The muscle loss. There wasn't actually a muscle loss. They increased muscle mass by 2%, which actually means that between the difference of those two diets is 3% in terms of muscle tissue, which has an absolutely massive, massive appearance, visual appearance difference, which is really, really important. And so that's 3% on terms of muscle gain. Now, what we talked about when we get exciting is we talk about fat loss, the people doing a slower diet with a 19% deficit over 30 days versus a 30% deficit over 40 days is a 31% difference in fat loss. So they actually lost 10% more fat and they actually had 3% more muscle mass than trying to cut off weight super, super fast. So please, 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 anyone listening to this, don't try and just jump like abandon ship in terms of weight as quickly as possible like slow and steady does actually win the race and create a better end result and also more importantly makes it easy for you to stick to which is very very important inherently as well so that's really really important something to take home because one of the big mistakes is why i see people make is that they go super super hard and then it's not sustainable so after two three weeks they're fucked they're burnt out and they can't continue and there's a saying I love that if it's not sustainable, it's not attainable. So this has to be a lifestyle change for you to get actual results, not just a quick fix. So that's a big mistake a lot of people like make. Now, when it comes to actually trying to burn body fat, build muscle and trying to change your physique, how much weight should you be looking to try and lose per week? Now, I don't like to give carte blanche figures, but something which is a good general recommendation is around 0.5 to 1% of your body weight per week is a general good rule of thumb, which um, will be dependent obviously on your current body fat levels and a few different things you want to be aware of. So like, so for example, if we take, for example, Jim, I'm going to make up a guy, hypothetically, we'd call him Jim. His body weight is 180 pounds, 82 kilos. Now for him to lose body fat, that, that correct amount. So Jim's 82 kilos, 180 pounds. For him to lose a half a percent at the lower end of that range, he will be looking around uh, 0.4 kilos a week of, of weight loss around 0.9 pounds for uh, Americans and uh, 1% in terms of the upper range for Jim, if he's 82 kilos and 180 pounds, would be around 1.8 pounds per week of weight loss or 0.82 kilos. Now, this obviously depends as well. So if Jim was 120 kilos, he's going to lose weight an awful lot quicker than that. So any of my clients who are listening to this and like, oh, I've lost 1.5 kilos this week. Trust me, like just, just stick to the plan and we'll, we'll get you where you want to be. So Obviously, the higher your body fat, the, the quicker you can lose body weight and body fat. The leaner you are, then the less that's going to happen. So I would really suggest this weight loss category of 0.5 to 1% of body weight per week really comes between people who are like 16 to 19% body fat all the way up to like 40%. If you're sub 15, you're probably not going to be looking to lose like that much. So I think anyone 16 to 90% upwards, you can lose 0.7 to 5 to 1% is probably optimal. Um, anything less than that's probably a little bit slower. Now, if you're very, very lean and your body fat is, say, from 4%, so you're absolutely staged, shredded, you're fat-free up to 15%, probably 0.5 to 0.75% of fat loss is a, is a good rule of thumb, really, where you want to be looking to be. Now, like one of the things I referred to earlier as well is like the, the big next mistake is trying to do too much at the start of your diet and at your fat loss phase when you're trying to get abs. So, we're going to talk about cardiovascular fitness and doing cardio work. So what you want to do is you want to be losing as much body fat as possible whilst doing as little cardio as possible. Now, 
the reason for this is that your there's a couple of different reasons one your body will have an adaptive response to the extra endurance training you're doing which would if you're doing a lot of it it's almost sending mixed signals to the muscles in terms of your body's ability to build muscle mass and maintain that because if for example you're doing a lot of cardiovascular work and you're doing a lot of strength training your body's almost getting confused in terms of the demands it's trying to have on itself to some degree. We want to try and maximize muscle building and retaining muscle mass, not maximize endurance for body composition. Now, secondly, when it comes to cardiovascular work, where people get confused, they try and add in too much at the beginning. So this is almost like a sliding scale where we want to add things in as we go. We don't want to have way, way too much that we're trying to do at the start. Because if you start at the gate doing an hour's cardio a week, uh, a day, sorry, where do you think you're going to end up in six weeks time when progress starts to slow? You can't do two hours a day. Like and we have to be realistic with that. So how I would suggest you try and split this up is you try and work out, for example, overall what your general maintenance is in terms of calories. Now there's loads of fancy calculators out there in terms of to work this out, but in realist, really realistic in reality, the best way for you to work out what your maintenance calories are, set your calories at an amount, and then do that really consistently for a week. I would eat the same food. The expression eat like a dog. So the same amount every day at the same time and measured amounts comes to mind. Now, once you have a consistent base, you can then see what your body weight does. If your body weight goes down, that means you're in a deficit. So your maintenance is probably a little bit more. If your body weight stays the same, you found maintenance, which is awesome. Now, once you found maintenance, um, what we want to do is try and create obviously a deficit from that. So initially, what we want to try and do is create probably like a 10 to 20% deficit to start with. So we want to try and like just get that little nudge down to get some movement going. So you can do that from a combination of cardiovascular work or weight training. So for example, if your maintenance was 3000 calories, I would suggest you're looking at a 10, 20% drop. We're probably going to try and drop you below from 3000 to two and a half thousand, which would give you a 500 calorie deficit. Now we want to make this a combination of cardiovascular work and nutrition. Ideally at the beginning, what we're going to focus on doing is focus let the food do its thing so that the nutrition help with the fat loss and drive the fat loss and the body composition change don't try and you can't eat out eat a bad, bad, bad diet is a very true expression and we don't almost want to try and do that from the beginning we'll let the food do its thing and then we can start to add more things into fat from there now what can happen as you go through a dieting phase your body is an adaptive machine so what happens the longer you're in a calorie deficit your body will start to make physiological adaptations to the calorie amount you're on, sort of calorie intake, and your daily exercise that you're doing in terms of cardiovascular work or weight training. Now, this can slow down your fat loss and can also make you more prone to losing muscle mass if you try and hammer through this. So one way to try and reverse this, and this is a strategy we use with clients sometimes, is continuously every set period of time, we can do like an intermittent period where we do a diet break, where, for example, 10 days we might take calories back up to maintenance by adding in 500 calories a day primarily probably from carbohydrates to almost reset the metabolism almost stoke the fires to get things moving along again now like for a practical way to look at this is if you were doing a five-week training block you could do two weeks of deficit one week of maintenance two weeks of deficit repeat and that could be a really easy way for someone listening to this to try and stop these adaptations happening Another thing we do with our clients in specific manner is we give clients a free meal every weekend where they can have one meal where they can have what they want. So that will naturally give them a bit of a boost in terms of calories and carbohydrates and extra food. Uh, and we use a carb cycling nutrient timing approach, which is the 
best way to try and get uh, results, in my opinion. But simply increasing calories back up to maintenance for a week or two uh, during that little diet break is a really good way to reverse a lot of the physiological adaptations your body makes in response to a diet. And to illustrate how well that works, I'm just trying to get a study up. There was a 2017 paper uh, where researchers compared dieting continuously for 16 weeks, so four months, versus taking a two-week diet break every after every two weeks of dieting, like I explained. Now, after both dieting periods were over, despite being in a calorie deficit the same amount of time, the diet break group ended up losing 50% more fat without losing muscle and experienced a significantly less of a drop in their metabolic rate throughout the diet, which actually then obviously would help them perform better in terms of weight loss. Now, any of our clients who are listening to this, don't start asking for diet breaks every two weeks. If we think you need a diet break, we will say so. But the way we try and structure this in is in a way of nutrition anyway with having a free meal at the weekend. The only real big downside to having diet breaks within your nutrition program is that it will extend the length of your diet as a result. So what would maybe be a 12-week diet ends up becoming 16 weeks or, or 18 weeks and can extend onwards in that respect. So that's something you really have to be aware of. Um, the last thing I'd want to say in terms of the best way to actually get six-pack abs and get the fat off as well, it's going to come down into food choices. So we have to remember one thing that 77% of the immune system is based within the digestive tract. So we also want to keep that optimized for fat loss. Now, when it comes to this, this comes down to the choice of the food you're eating. So very, very simple rules of thumb for you. Try and pick single ingredient item foods. Don't have processed shit. It's a very, very simple one. Also, try not to eat too much in one sitting so you get super bloated. Would be a very simple and strategic thing which will help you. Next up, when it comes to food choices, try and have easily digestible carbohydrates and try and put those around the workout window. That's really the key in terms of getting your body to work for you, not against you. And you have to remember with the resistance training you're doing, what we're really trying to do is create an adaptive response within the gym to build more muscle tissue, retain muscle and change your body composition. We're not using uh, weight training and resistance workouts as a tool for burning calories necessarily. We're using resistance training to create an adaptive response to change our body composition, to improve our performance, to build more muscle mass. We're not using it to burn calories. So please, please, please think about that. We use nutrition and your diet to be in a calorie deficit if your goal is fat loss. We can add cardio on top of that, but we do not use weight training to do that. Now, one thing I want to finish on, which I think is a very, very good saying, and I want to leave you with something which is an absolute nugget of absolute wisdom, is think about today the compounding effects of everything you do in the structure of your life because when you're think about a, a boat let's think about like i like elon musk elon musk is a g so he thinks completely outside the box think elon musk is sitting off a rocket if that's one degree off by the time it hits out of space it's well off course now imagine all the little choices you make every day that go against what you're doing and against your goal and against who you want to be they're taking you further and further away from where you actually want to be and making life more difficult for you so what I want you to think about today is the compounding effect of the wrong decisions you're making, because that will make a big, big difference as the days, the weeks, the months, and the years go by. And having the right structure and habits and routine in terms of you getting results is really what's going to help you take you to the next level. So really, really think about that. Try and go the small choices every day, add up, and will make a big difference for you in terms of the longevity of your training, your nutrition, and maximizing everything you do. So that's one thing we really want to take into mind because it's all about the results we're going to get now, but it's also the results we're going to continue to get. So think about setting yourself up for success in the long run, not just in the next two weeks.
And I hope you found this episode of the Shred Show uh, entertaining. I loved it. I'm also streaming this live on Instagram. So anyone's on IG live, I'm pointing at the camera now. Drop any comments on here. This will also be heading over to YouTube. So if you haven't checked out the Shred Show already, go to www.shredshow.com and you can listen to the podcast there. Also, obviously, on Spotify podcasts. Make sure if you listen to this, you leave us a five-star review. We'd really, really appreciate that. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Shred Show. So that was a killer episode of the podcast. Really, really enjoyed discussing with you the science-backed approach to actually losing body fat. Now, I know a lot that I was throwing studies at you in terms of percentages you need to lose, actual weight loss, adding in diet breaks, manipulating calories and carbohydrates, how to find your maintenance calories. And that can seem like a lot of work. Now, if you want me to remove the work for you, then drop me a message on Instagram, um, Facebook or LinkedIn, just with the word ready, and then I can help you to take your physique to the next level, and we can map out exactly where you are now, where you want to be, and then we can take you through the full journey that we do at CJ Coaching through our three phases of training to help you get world-class results. Now, before I end this, I have one one small favor. Please make sure you leave us a five-star review on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. It would mean the world to me. And if you could also introduce a friend to the podcast who you think would benefit from the value that we provide and I provide on a daily basis, then that would be highly appreciated. And we'll see you in the next episode of The Shredded Show.